Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, October 13, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We're going to take a look at a lot of stuff today. There's really good stuff. We're going to look at a real-time, real-life, full-stack trade. We'll get to that later. Right now, what we're going to do is pick apart the daily chart, see what's jumping off the page at us. We use the daily chart as a centerpiece. We work up to the weekly and monthly or down to the intraday stuff. Also, for reference, we have a line running across the screen, 432.78. What's the purpose of that horizontal trend line? It represents yesterday's low. Why is that important? Because not necessarily every day, but today it was important, at least to me, to be above or below yesterday's low. That was going to tell a tale. You'll see some of this stuff, you'll see all this stuff inside the numbers when we get there. And by the way, today, you're going to want to pay attention rather than skip inside the numbers. For no other reason than the learning opportunity, including the full stack opportunity, is inside the numbers. So if you want to know about the full stack, stick around for inside the numbers. Don't skip forward today. You'll have to labor through it. The daily chart is pretty much doing the same thing it's been doing. It's been edging lower, but they've been coming into this area I kept talking about the last couple of days where they're either running a test or they're going to fail. These were the lows before. Defense was played at the lows. There was some volume in some of these candles reversing the tape that shows you institutional participation. Even if it's for a long or short-term perspective, it was still big money playing at that time. So for one thing, I'm suspect they're going to just give it up, open the trap door, and fall through from here. It's on the table. It could happen, obviously. But I'm not necessarily convinced, and you'll start to see why as we uncover some more stuff. You're beginning to see a convergence of a couple of moving averages, the 100 and the 20. Now, there's nothing special about these two moving averages converging other than the fact that if price can get above and stay above those moving averages, you'll avoid another crossover like we had on the 20 and the 50 moving average up here. So this is a crossover. You're going to hear stuff like death cross and all that nonsense. Don't pay attention to that. Yes, it's important when the moving averages cross over one another. It doesn't mean they won't cross back. We use this information as a guideline, not an end-all, be-all. Moving averages are exactly that. They're a guideline. They're an average of price over a period of time that can only be used as a guideline. When price is coming from afar, we can use it differently. When they run into it really fast, that's a different story. Other than that, it's more of a guideline. So far, they've done the thing, meaning the SPY, they've done the thing where they come into this zone, not to say they won't come lower tomorrow, I'm not sure they will, but they've come into this zone, and so far, like we discussed the last couple of days, the defense has been sent out on the field. You get closer to these lows down here, 426, 427, 428, now you're talking goal line defense. This was just regular defense. 
There's a weekly chart, and as we get to midweek and beyond, today is hump day, so now I start focusing on, hey, what's going to happen by the end of the week? We want to see where price is by the end of the week. What's the weekly chart beginning to look like? Well, we talked about the fact that this chart was essentially on time, and you have to take the course to understand fully what we're talking about there, and you're going to want to hear about that again later, because part of the full stack discussion is on time. Time is more important than price. We know that. So therefore, staying above, and this is from a weekly chart perspective, staying above last week's low is really, 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 really important. Since we're on the topic of longer-term charts from a monthly chart perspective, they're in the business of climbing breakdown candles. So it's not out of the ordinary for them to climb up this most recent reversal or breakdown candle. There's a lot of runway in there. There's a lot of price in there. We're not going to concern ourselves with the monthly chart only if they close a month above last month's high. Since we play umpire calling balls and strikes, I'm going to talk about the upside in a moment. But before we do that, let's stay on the daily chart and let's talk about the downside. We have to talk about what if. What if this is a fake out? What if the market's not going higher? What if they challenge the lows from early October and they break the lows? Here's what I'll say. Watch out below. There's likely a vacuum there, and we have to keep something in mind. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen now. What I'm saying is this could happen, and eventually this will happen, whether it's now or from some other price with some other chart setup. What we're saying is that a lot of times what you get is that rubber band scenario. I've described it before. You stretch a rubber band, you stretch it, you stretch it. One of two things has to happen. You have to let go and it snaps back, or it's going to break. The rubber band breaking scenario is when price gets under here, and this is where a crash can ensue, because now the rubber band is breaking. First, it's being stretched, 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 stretched. Now, you get to the point where if we're back down here where it would stretch to the max before, we had a little bit of a snapback, now you're back down here, it's damaged, you get below here, close below here, it would be my opinion if that happened, let's just say, for example, over the next few days while we're flirting with this stuff, that that would create a cascade lower. That would create some kind of a day or two mini type crash scenario. How low? Well, it's hard to say now, but what I would say is don't look for support at the 200 period moving average. They're likely to find some semblance of support in between there and the next big fat round number of 400. Again, I'm not saying this is happening now. I'm saying this could happen at any point in time, and we can't lose sight of the fact that the market essentially is making one of these bearish, wedgish things. This is a channel, goes up to the top of the channel. Eventually, it could come down and break the channel at any point in time. If and when that happens, you have to watch out below. Okay. Now we did half of the umpire deal. Let's do the other half. And in order to do that, I'm going to go right into inside the numbers. And again, I really want you to pay attention if you're interested to learn. If you're just looking for a silver bullet, a magic bullet, and you can't understand the fact that why I give both sides of the tape, and you're there to make a drive-by comment to that effect, that puts you in the Dumas category. 
In my house, we don't love to use bad words, so I don't like to call somebody an ass, but I'm happy to be sophisticated and use the term dumas, which is French or sophisticated for dumbass. Don't be a dumbass. Let's learn something here together. It's hump day, also known as whipsaw Wednesday, weird wacky Wednesday. There's all kinds of names for today. They were already up and down overnight. There's more to come, and that certainly was the case. Let's get down to brass tacks. The numbers look like this. 434.20 is an important spot. Somehow, this got written twice. Not sure how. Didn't see it till just now. Opening the day above is better for the bull case, but they've got work to do. For starters, nothing substantial will take place until they begin getting over and closing over 436.50. They didn't do that. We don't have to worry about it, but that is a big-time spot. The south side is pretty straightforward. Below 432.78 on candle closes and the door is ajar for 430.50, and if below by much, 428 would show up on the docket. Again, this is at zero dark 30. You've got to have the broad scope of numbers rather than narrow numbers. We narrow them down after the closing bell when you get a handle on the early storyline. These are zero dark 30 numbers without the benefit of market activity. And here's a five-minute chart. Right at the vertical is today's activity. And what we're doing is taking a look at those two numbers and how they did or did not impact the market. 424.20 is the higher one. 432.78 is the lower one. That was the prior day's closing price. 434.20, 432.78. Now, the market opened above the first. However, they immediately failed. You can see it was support for a few minutes. They bounced up. And then they gave it up and they went down to run a test of yesterday's low. So we're aware in the morning that at any point in time, they do run shakeout operations. So we need to know our numbers. You can see how 432.78 was important. They started to go lower. Where were they going? Well, the door was open for 430.50, give or take. They came up about a buck short and then they reversed. Now look what happens when they get back to yesterday's low. What was once support over here becomes resistance to get or stay over it once they can establish themselves for periods of time, 10-minute candle closes, 15-minute candle closes, 20, 30, and so on. Then they're finding stability. Then the door opens for the next thing. What's the next thing? Well, how about 434.20? That was on the board bright and early. It's still important. If price is below it, it becomes what? You got it. Overhead resistance right here. What was it? Overhead resistance. What did price do? They ate time off the clock underneath without really being rejected. Under normal garden variety conditions, what's that telling us? It's telling us that price really does want to move higher. Once they started getting over 434.20, they started to rally. Where did they go? 436, and you'll see that on the board in a few minutes. They never got up to the total of 436.50, but they got close. They got to 436.05 was the high. All right, fair enough. That's not it. I still have the full stack working. This was a warm-up routine. We'll let them go for a while at the open, expect both directions, big swings. That's garden variety stuff. Above 434.20, and the door opens for 436. 
And that turned out to be the case, not necessarily early in the morning, right out of the gate. It turned out to be the case later, but the numbers still work. Some other resistance prices, 436 and higher. If they fall below 434, we'll get some action in the southern direction. They did fall. Let's keep going. As long as they're above 434.20, the door's open for 436. But what if they're not above 434.20? That means it was wrong and 432.78 is on the table. And then you have the back below thing, 430.50. They never got all the way down there this morning. Just as a point of clarification, sometimes I'll say they're going to get to, they should get to, the target is. That's different than the door is open, they could get there. If they do get there, there may be a trade from there, but I'm not 100% sure they will get there. Those are two different things. So the thing on the downside, the 3050 or the 43050, that was the door is open. I may have taken a trade down there back on the long side if they got there, but I wasn't 100% sure they were going to get there. So it wasn't like there was a short the market to get there. That was not on the table. Just point of clarification. They were running a test of 434.20. It's showtime for the Bulls to play defense. They gave it up. They got below. And then all of a sudden, below 432.78, and she's in trouble by 10 o'clock. That was the line in the sand. They did go lower. They just never got to the 430.50. Believe me, there's a method to the madness. Stay with me. Now back above 432.78, that was yesterday's close, or yesterday's low, pardon me, on candle closes, is the rescue operation. Running a test of a former important spot is normal. What was that former important spot? How about the one they broke below? Exactly. Now they started to work back up. We saw all that. Now I want to get to something interesting. Now I'm going to tie in a swing trade. So yesterday I sent out a swing trade to the Lazy Swing Trader members. At the time, it was a good trade, but it was not necessarily as good of a full stack as it is today. Now the trade had a very tight stop. Here was the concept of the trade. It was a trade in the SPY or an equivalent. You could trade in exchange-traded fund, options, futures, whatever you want. But the concept is the S&P 500. The trade is meant to work out, let's just say, within about four or five days. Yesterday was day number one. Today was day number two. But I put the trade on with a rather tight stop. Now, they didn't close below the stop yesterday, and it wasn't a daily close. It was a different chart. I'm not going to go into the details of the trade. I'll tell you that sometimes when the storyline takes a little bit of a detour or a turn, but the facts don't really change that much, the larger picture, the puzzle, really doesn't change that much. And then I realize, hey, wait a minute, I may get stopped out of this trade, which is okay if a trader doesn't want any more of the risk, but the trade may work out anyway because something else is developing. So when things change, you have to be able to change in real time. The trade wasn't working out. As soon as I get into the trade, the market went down yesterday. We know how that works. You don't get into the trade, the market takes off. You get into the trade, immediately you're in the red. I know how that works. I expect that to happen. I'm not panicked about it. I meant for the trade to work out in three, four, five days. Something in that neighborhood. Let me scroll up here and we're marrying together the swing trade, and also the intraday inside the numbers stuff. Now, let me bring up this first thing here. This was at 1240. 
What am I watching now? Well, let's take a look at a 240-minute chart. For those traders that have taken the course, what happens next? Now, at this time, the candle wasn't over yet, but this is what I'm watching. Do they put in a tail or fail? Here's the 240-minute chart. Now, what do we have? We have a chart that's on time. We have a chart that did a garden variety retracement. We have a chart that put in a tail candle, put in a sign or signal of a trend change. In fact, it's like a double barrel one. This is what we call a full stack. They tested the vicinity of a breakup candle low. Should I keep going? Now, here's the situation. It can still fail. Why would that happen? Because nothing works 100% of the time. Even though it's a full stack, it's still going to work eight, maybe even between eight and nine times on average out of 10 or 80 to 90 out of 100. The more you have in the full stack, meaning the more items, the more you can stack on top of the last thing that you found, the more or higher the percentage of win rate is going to be on the trade. But it's still not going to win 100% of the time. But I'm going to take this trade 200 out of 100 times. The only way you can achieve those results of 80 to 90 out of 100 trades on a full stack like this is you have to take the trade. We're in the risk business. This is where I'm willing to put on risk. I put it on yesterday for slightly different reason, but the trade, believe it or not, actually looks better today. So here it is. I'm giving you a swing trade that I put on yesterday for a slightly different reason. It's not really out of the money by that much. It was very close to a stop. They closed very close to the stop, slightly below the stop earlier today, and then recaptured it, and I'm okay with it because a different chart is what I was using for a stop, and the 240 chart is what I'm looking at now. I've got a full stack. I'm going with the trade. I'm thinking the trade goes higher. The SPY goes higher. If it doesn't work and it closes below this low here, 431.54 on a 240-minute candle, then the trade was wrong, it's not working, I'm licking my wounds and moving on. But I'm not going to leave a full stack on the table. Now, a few days ago on an hourly chart, we took a look at a potential head and shoulders pattern. Well, guess what? That pattern failed. A lot of them fail. That's why we don't talk about them a lot. They hardly ever work out. But now, I'm getting emails once again, hey, is this a head and shoulders pattern? They're posting it under the video in the comments. Is this a head and shoulders pattern? Well, let's find out. That's where the neckline would have to be. Now, where would the left shoulder be? It would be something like this, and that's okay. The head has a lower peak, and that's okay. And here is a right shoulder, and here is the neckline. Now, if you get above the neckline, then there's higher prices coming. There's a target for the head and shoulders pattern. If you don't get above the neckline and you just retest the neckline, what happens? You fall away. So you don't know that this is a longer-term bullish situation until such time as you start closing above the neckline in this area here. Maybe they close above it, come back for a retest and take off. Maybe they test it from the underside and fall away. We don't know which one, but this is what we're looking at. I'm not worried about that now. What I'm worried about is I've got a full stack. I want to get enough out of the trade to put a profit in my pocket and turn it into, you got it, a risk-free, emotionless trade. Let's continue on, see what else we have in the notes. 
Okay, so here's another one at 112. And some of this we just discussed, but I'm going to read you what I wrote because it's normally what I went over today at the video, but instead I put it here at 112 in the afternoon for Inside the Number members. It was bothering me all day what was going on since yesterday. Market looks like it's going to fail. It's one of these, I've read this book too many times. Maybe I'm wrong, but here it is. I'm not usually stubborn with the market. The stuff either works or it doesn't and you move on. This is the mindset you need to have. However, sometimes we have to take a mental detour. The last few days, the market has been trafficking in the 20% of the 80-20 rule. What does that mean? It means it's been acting strange. Normally, the market is normal. It goes up, goes down. Not a lot of wacky, weird stuff happens. However, I can tell you from watching the tape for decades that over the last few sessions, weird stuff has been taking place. So it puts the market in the 20% camp. It's not totally out of the ordinary. There is a 20% camp for the reason, because 20% of the time, this weird stuff happens. Been watching long enough to know when they're winding up for something. Now, they could wind up to go down, they could wind up to go up, but they're winding up. Could still be a failure or rip your face off. Haven't given up on the rip your face off just yet. Below the former lows, and there's a vacuum to the downside. We discussed that before. Meaning, if we're going to see failure, it could be hard and fast. Either way, a bigger move is coming inside my crowded head. And at this time, I'm saying they're still going to 434.50. They hadn't got there yet. They did get there like 436 if they get going. And they did get there. Here's a 10-minute chart, and they were down here doing the eating time off the clock at the time of the post, and 434.20 was where they were going to get to. They hadn't got there yet. They got there, and then what did they do? They went to 436. Here's the high, 436.05. Now, that was a good example of a situation where they're still going to 434.50. Now, we were saying 434.50 before they were really close, so that was a situation where they're going to get there. Let's move along, see what else we have. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts, double check the work. Can't unsee what I'm seeing at present. We take the market at face value. If you've taken the course, you'll see it too, back as needed. So I'm posting this at 1.30 in the afternoon. This is what I'm looking at. It's one of these situations when you see this, you're like, it can't be. They're gonna fool me one way or the other. There's no way that this setup is gonna work out that easily. That's what this full stack is. On this chart, from where I sit. And inside my head is a dangerous place to be. Pause the video, read the notes for the rest of the afternoon, go back to the charts, double check the work. By the way, there was another interesting number that we put on the board earlier today. From a short-term perspective, 434.70 is support. And you can go back to the chart and see that they did center around that number late in the day several times. Stocks on the move. Only one hit its number today. Another one came close. No cigar. We'll take a look at the chart of Delta Airlines. Net-net, it didn't do it. It cut through the first number like a hot knife through butter. It stopped at the second for a while. Then it gave up the ghost. The thing didn't work. It turns out it's a small shit burger. That's the way it works. Why are we looking at Capital One? It wasn't on the board. Well, this was a secret trade. What do I mean by that? I'm running an experiment 
on a beta test. I'm not telling you what it is yet. It's on a beta test. This one was on the beta test, and it was a winner. This one showed up after the market opened. I'm looking for ways to provide inside the number members, or members in general, more opportunity. So I'm beta testing something. Just saying. Let's wet your whistle a little bit. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What's jumping off the daily chart at me? Well, here's what I saw first and foremost. Here's the gap that wasn't filled until today. 219.87, what's today's low? 219.83, so they fill it by a few pennies, they snap back in the other direction, finish near the highs above three out of the four moving averages. Is that bullish or bearish? It's bullish. It's always how they close them. Let's say they dove down at the end of the day, filled the gap, and hung out down there right at the closing bell. That's not the same as filling the gap in the morning and closing at the highs. That's a completely different tape. Same gap, it got filled in the same day, completely different market. What's another thing that jumps off the page at me? Well, we talked about this one before. Low, higher low, higher low, higher low, higher low. How you doing? Spider daily chart, downtrend needs to break some important prices to break the downtrend, that's fine. The IWM, it's not really in a downtrend. Here's a high, a lower high, a lower high, but these lows create that thing we talked about a few days ago. This is essentially a triangle. And a triangle, we don't know if it's gonna break up or down, but it's gonna break one way or the other. Are they gonna get to the top of this area, up to two and a quarter, make a decision from there? Maybe. What happens if they don't close below 217.44? Then they're good. Then essentially they're eating time off the clock inside of this breakup candle, inside of the low. How much time have they ate off the clock? Time is more important than price. If the IWM isn't signaling a breakdown, why would the market be breaking down? Could everything gap down overnight on some kind of wacky black swan news? Absolutely, that will happen at some point in the future. But this is what the charts are saying today. We take the charts at face value. We don't predict black swans. What's going on here? The transports took a lower ride earlier in the day, reverse course, didn't finish at the highs, finished near the highs. What was the high today? The high was exactly 14,753 against 14,760, which is an important number. There's no accidents, no coincidences. They're knocking on the door. The 100 period moving average is essentially 14,751. So that's the number they hit today. They're knocking on the door. It's Wednesday. You got two days. Over the next two days, are they going to run up and close the week above 14,760? If they do, they'll be back above all the moving averages. This is a weekly chart. Watch out above. They will go immediately to 14.9 and then 15.3, give or take. Q people, Silicon Valley folks, what's going on here? Much of the same type of situation in the SPY. They're going to follow suit for the most part, up 8 tenths of 1% hugging the 100 period moving average. Again, if they both catch a rally or one catches a rally, the other will catch a rally if it's in a big way. If one's gonna fall big, the other one's gonna fall big. So the same concept that we just discussed for the entire video holds true with the Qs as it does with the SPY and so on. 
The charts do not look identical to each other, meaning the 240 chart and others, when you're comparing and contrasting the Qs and the SPY, but the concept holds true. If the 240 chart, if the full stack opportunity in the SPY is going to work out, you're going to get a run in the Qs. Where are they going to go? 365, 366, 367.50, and then the gap at 370. I'm not saying this is happening, but if you want to know the numbers, those are them. The financials spiked down today. You had the financials reporting today, meaning JP Morgan, Bank of America. I'm not sure it was Wells Fargo. I'm not sure exactly who reported earnings today. I know JPM did. Usually two or three or four of the banks report together. Really wasn't paying attention to earnings today other than what was moving at the opening bell. And it was really just JP Morgan, and they never came to my number regardless. So the financials were in play. They spike into the 50 and 20 period moving average, ricochet off. They don't finish on the high. They don't finish below the moving averages. They're above all the moving averages on the daily chart. So the only thing we really have to say is they're in an uptrend and there's really nothing wrong. There's no substantial damage of any sort on the XLF chart. So we move along. Smash mouth. Smash mouth is teetering. Smash mouth chart looks the worst out of all the charts we study, out of all the ones we look at here in this video. This is a bearish pattern. Unless they get above this area, the 100 period moving average, or in that vicinity, then this is really just building energy for another move lower. And maybe, just maybe, this will tell the tale. We don't know yet. I'm following the IWM and the transports as my favorite market leading indicators, canary in the coal mine, but I'm keenly aware that Smash Mouth is a wonderful proxy for the tech space as a whole. They are teetering. They're hugging the 200 period moving average. This is the last line of defense. You start closing below that, watch out below. And if that's happening, then you have to think that the other markets are also in that vacuum scenario down south. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.